Well, we've been in a series called Naturally Supernatural. We're finishing that series today. And um, I, I believe it's important for all of us to understand that we are supernatural beings. There's a natural side to us, but we are supernatural in nature as well. You don't believe me? Paul said something like this. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ is alive in us. Isn't that awesome? That's Galatians 2.20. Christ is alive in us. Jesus said it this way. The kingdom of God is in you. Paul writes to the Romans, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, or the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. There's something inside of us. We are by nature, if we're Christians, we are naturally supernatural. Just by nature, the, the, uh, the kingdom of God is alive and well in us. And, and uh, it's just so powerful. So that's what this seri- series has been about. So we are, we are carriers, carriers of a di- divine nature. We have the DNA of heaven living in us, alive and well in us. And so we've been talking in v- various ways uh, about this topic because it's easy to live a natural life. Let's just be honest, right? It's easy to go about our day. We wake up in the morning. We do our thing. We go to work. We go to school. Uh, we come home, maybe we do a workout in the morning or in the afternoon, or maybe we don't work out at all, or maybe our workout is sitting in front of the TV, whatever it is, right? We, we have our routine, and that is just, that's our, nat- that's our natural side. But in the midst of us, in the midst of that day, in the midst of what we do, uh, the Spirit of God is, He's not only inside of us, but He wants to come out. He wants to break out. He wants to express Himself through us. Through love, through good deeds, through power. He, he wants to express himself to a lost and dying world. And so he has chosen to occupy us. And the pictures the Bible shares about uh, us as human beings are all, uh, we're containers. The pictures in the Bible are a vessel, a temple, uh, a branch. I am the vine, you are the branches, Right? None of these exist. None of these exist apart from something occupying them, right? So, so we are vessels, containers of the Holy Spirit, of of the King of the Earth, of the Creator. We're containers of this. Now, um, when we talk about naturally supernatural, the supernatural is opposite from the natural. It 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 doesn't come really. It doesn't come naturally. It, it it's something that we have to. Learn and be aware of. And as we, as we uh, grow in relationship with God, we become more aware of the reality that he is alive in us. And that he does choose to use people like us. And, and so that awareness, my goal in this series is just to help us take another step in that direction. Some of us are already operating on a level where we're fully aware of that and, and God flows through, through us. But some of us, uh, you know, we just go about our day living naturally. When God flows through, through us, people's lives are touched and changed. They get a picture, a glimpse, a touch of the reality of the God of the universe who loves them. And, and so as we, as we become more aware and open to God using us, people's lives are changed. Okay, so we're not here just for ourselves. 
We are here to be used by God to touch other people's lives. We are here to bring glory to God through our praise to him and through our life that's set apart for him and to him. But we're also uh, here to be used as a vessel to, to touch lives around us. And so this has been uh, the, the discussion over the last several weeks on this topic of naturally supernatural. And I just want to say this, without the, nat- without the supernatural in our lives, our efforts are reduced to uh, simply social, you know, uh, social, you, you, there's social organizations out there, you know, trying to do good, trying to help people, trying to care for people. We're on that level without the supernatural in our lives. And those places, those organizations are good. There's, there's nothing wrong with them. But I believe, and actually I'm very confident of the fact that God has called us to more than being uh, social reformers in the sense that, you know, I could give a piece of food to somebody or I could give a piece of clothing to somebody or, uh, you know, I could make someone's, day, uh, make someone's day by smiling at them. He wants to transform people's hearts, right? He wants to come and occupy them uh, by his spirit. And so it's more than just social reform. There's a supernatural element to it. So we are used in that regard. Um, I want to give you, as we close this series, four very simple, very basic ways. This is a how-to message. Four very simple and basic ways to grow to be more naturally supernatural. All right? So I want to help you. You, you may say, okay, well, I get this, and I don't really do that, and I get this, and I don't really do that. I want to help you grow. I, I believe if we're all in the process of growing to be more like Jesus, we're in a good place, right? And, and so I want to give you four very, very practical ways that are supported uh, in many ways by Scripture as to how we bec- can grow to be more naturally supernatural. So one of the ways we can do this is this. And to me, this is the most prominent. It is to grow in intimacy with God. You see, a lot of us, it's easy to say, man, I want to be used by God to heal people. I want to be used by God to transform somebody's life and, and lead them to Jesus. And I want to be used by, them, uh, uh, by God to, to do these great things. And if we miss the whole idea of the heart of God and knowing him, having an intimate relationship with him, we're going after an end result that's bypassing a very, very, very important part of the process. And that is being in an intimate relationship with him. And and so we see throughout the Bible, people who were used mightily by God, people who were used in powerful ways by God, had had very, very deep intimate relationships with God. Jesus, he, he said the secret to his success, the key to his life, we find this in John 5, 19. And it says this, John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what his father, what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. This to me leads to indirectly saying, I am intimate with the one who sent me. I came to reveal the father and how I'm revealing the father is I'm watching what he's doing and I'm saying what he's saying. In order to watch what he's doing and say what he says, he needs to have a pretty, pretty solid relationship with his father, doesn't he? And so Jesus exemplified what we are to become, people who have a good relationship with his father. It doesn't stop with Jesus. It didn't start with Jesus. In fact, even in the Old Testament, you see people like Abraham, who was called a friend of God. 
He was close enough to God to trust him that at 95 years old, he would bear a son. There's intimacy there. I mean, this is way beyond the possible, isn't it? A 95-year-old man bearing a son. And so he was close enough to God. There's a level of intimacy. Again, people who have been used historically, biblically, and just uh, in human history have had intimate relationships with God. A, A man named Moses The Bible says that he spoke to God as a man speaks to another face to face. And he was the one that after the Israelites had sinned by building a golden calf, uh, God said, you know what, I'm going to fulfill my promise. I'll I'll get you into the promised land. I'll send an angel to drive away all the inhabitants of the land and to lead you into the land, but I'm not going with you. And, And Moses said, you know what, then I'm not going anywhere. Because he understood the power of the presence of God. He understood that the presence of God was way more important than being in the promised land. He was a man who was intimate with God. The disciples waited. They, They understood the wait until the Holy Spirit came upon them. So even as you study the lives of men uh, in this past century, men and women in this past century who were used mightily by God, they were people who were intimate with the Father. They understood that intimacy is preeminent in this relationship. And so people like Catherine Kuhlman, you, you watch her. She's waiting, waiting, wanting to hear from God. What do I do next? What do I say next? Uh, people like Smith Wigglesworth and people just who have been used mightily by God. Uh, they, it is said of this guy, Smith Wigglesworth, who was a plumber in the early 1900s uh, uh, by trade. He was a plumber by trade, but he became an evangelist. It was said of him that when he began to pray, people in the room, there were times that people in the room that were praying with him left the room in holy fear because of the presence of God on his life. That's amazing to me. I know that doesn't happen to me. But I'm just saying that there's something about people who understand the presence of God. And I just want to say something. Sometimes we are looking for tools instead of a person. And if there's anything that would lead you into growing more into being naturally supernatural, you've got to find the person. The person of Jesus Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the love of the Father. You you understand what I'm saying? It's about a person. It's not about a strategy. Do step one, two, three, four, five. It's about the person. And so we need that relationship. But I'll tell you in my life what what has been very beneficial in helping me understand um, Jesus, when he was walking the face of the earth, I, I, read, I would read through the Gospels and Acts, and I would, I would watch uh, and even be inspired, and faith, my faith would rise as, as I would read about how Jesus interacted with people, how he loved people, how he was filled with compassion, um, how he, he, he resolved people's personal issues, whether they're physical, you know, or uh, whatever, they were, whatever was going on in their lives. And his life was clearly supernatural. You cannot read the Gospels and even the early church in the book of Acts and see that there's this, this uh, supernatural element to the lives of these people. And so um, as I read through that, I, I begin to note these things. And I say, wow, you know, um, there's a lot of supernatural stuff going on here. And, and let, me just, let me just clarify for you. The supernatural is not only about seeing angels and healing people and raising people from the dead and healing cancer. There's a lot of stuff that God does on a day-to-day basis that is much 
seemingly much more normal. That sometimes we're used in a supernatural way and we don't even know it. You know, maybe God calls you to give some money to someone and they could be crying out to God because they're desperate. And all of a sudden you just give them, you give them a 20 or a 50 or whatever. And to you, it's just a natural thing. But to them, it, it's an answer to a heart cry. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes we don't even recognize that God is using us. And, and this fits into the category of being naturally supernatural, that we just go with what the leading of the Spirit, we, we allow God to use us and speak through us. Maybe God says, talk to that person, and, and you have no idea why he's saying, talk to that person. And you leave, and you still don't even know why you talk to that person. But it, whatever you said or whatever uh, happened in that interaction was something that was supernatural in nature for that person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes we don't recognize that God uses us even though he's using us. And so when we give ourselves over to him and when we're intimate in relationship with him, he can use us. And, and, and sometimes it, it's, it's not even recognizable or noticeable to us that it is supernatural in nature. So I would say just begin to look at the scriptures and see, God, how, how is it that all these people operated in, in a supernatural style, but I don't see that in my life. Let it begin to stir a hunger in you. Let, let that be a part of your conversation. You know, God, I want to live what I've read. I, I want to see that in my life. Let, let the content of your prayer be, God, as I grow in relationship with you, I want to know your heart, and I want to know your heart for people. And I want to care for people. You see, again, we can go through the motion of life and miss a lot of what God wants to do in our lives. So, so number one, I, I would encourage you, I would beg of you, build an intimate relationship with God. And if that's the only thing you do, then you're doing well. I have a couple other ideas as it relates to how a person can grow to be more naturally supernatural. And this, uh, the second point I would make is this. Get around supernatural people. Get around people that are, that are doing the things that you see are not happening in your life. Maybe, maybe you're not confident enough to go pray for people that you don't know. Or maybe you've never seen God use you to heal somebody. Maybe, maybe there's things lacking that you want to see happen in your life. Find someone who's already doing it and get around them. Get them around you. Spend time with them. Um, when Jesus sent out his disciples... They, it looks like, it looks like they had nothing prior when he said, okay, I want you to go out into the cities. I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. But you know what they did have? Maybe they never prayed for a person before that point in time. You can find these examples in Luke 9, Matthew 10, when he sends out his disciples. Maybe they never prayed for a person, but what they had seen over and over and over again was Jesus ministering to people. They had been around success. They had observed the miracle-working power of God through Jesus. And so as they were sent, maybe they had not experienced that in their lives, but they had something in their mind to say, I've seen this before. And as you get around people that are operating in the supernatural, it'll raise the bar for you to say, wow, okay, I've seen this before. God, God does do these things. God, God can work through human beings. And it, it, it makes things more possible. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 14, there's a very powerful verse that just taken by itself can easily go unnoticed. And this is about the man, a prophet named Elisha. And it says this about him. He, 
that's Elisha, took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. That's verse 14. In verse 8, he had seen his master, Elijah, do the exact same thing. So, so the last miracle of Elijah was the first miracle of Elisha. And what had happened was he became familiar with something. He said, wow, you know, uh, you're, you're a man that God can use in this cloak. You struck the water, it divided, and, and uh, all of a sudden he got the cloak after he had asked for a double portion of the anointing. And he struck the water and divided. There's something about seeing things happen before your very eyes that can help you operate in the supernatural. And so I would encourage you to get people around you. King David was known for, as the man who killed Goliath. In fact, that was his early fame. That was the thing that made him famous. But I want you to know that um, there are at least four other giants documented in the Bible that were killed by men. And interestingly enough, all of those men were followers of David. Isn't that cool? So if you want to be a giant killer, you got to get around a giant killer. Because something rubs off. Like he set the bar for them and he, they're like, okay, well, I guess, I guess God could use me that way too. You get what I'm saying? There's a pattern that as you're around people that are doing something, there's, there's, there's a, uh, your, your faith level rises and God begins to use you. Uh, in powerful ways. Um, this, let me just share one more passage re- real quick in this topic. It says in Romans 12, 1.12, it says, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Do you know if you get around people that are hungry for God to use them? You, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. That Paul was saying to the Romans, listen, I want to be with you because you know what? You can encourage me and I can encourage you in, in faith. We can go somewhere with this. We, we can, God can use us in a mighty way. Um, and, and so I, I've seen this time and time again. I wrote a statement I think is very powerful, and I want to share it with you. It says this, when we're around supernatural people, the supernatural becomes normal. Listen, if you, walk, if you, if you hang out with someone that has seen blind eyes open over and over and over and over again, that's, you know, it's normal to you. Wow, God opens blind eyes, blind eyes, right? And the following part of that statement is, the more normal something becomes to you, the more achievable it is to you. If something is normal to you, even though it's supernatural, it becomes achievable to you. Um, years ago, there was, there was this great effort for, for runners to break the four-minute mile. Great effort. Uh, and history has it that for over a thousand years, people were trying to break this four-minute mile mark. And uh, people concluded, because no one had been able to do it, that it was impossible. It was impossible. It was unachievable. The human body could not accomplish this four-minute mile. It couldn't go under the four-minute mile. Well, in, 19, in the 1940s, there was a man that, uh, that got close. He got four minutes and one second and this was astounding to the people. They're like, wow. But they said, you know, our, our theory is proven once again that humankind cannot break the four-minute mile. Well, uh, nine years later, after several people had tried, this guy named Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. Four 
uh, he ran it in three minutes, 59.4 59 seconds. He barely broke it, but he broke it. Well, within a year, another man broke it. So this was thousands of years of effort. This is over a thousand years of effort. Within a year, another man broke it. And now uh, it's so common that thousands of people have broken that record. Uh, in fact, I was talking to Aaron Rue yesterday. He said his high school friend broke that record. And, and why, why do I say that? I say that because when, you, when you're around people that are accomplishing or achieving great things, it gives you the ability or the faith to step into that with the mindset that you can accomplish it as well. You get what I'm saying? Um, so, so that's number two. Get around supernatural people. Number three, receive impartation from leaders. What does that mean? Well, impartation is uh, when the literal meaning is to give a share of, to give a share of. But I, I think the scriptures can describe it a little bit better than I could define it. So in Numbers 11, verse 16 and 17, we see the first time this, this concept is presented. And Moses is, is troubled. He's leading these people. They're whining. They're complaining. They're murmuring. Uh, God had just fed them the quail. And, but he was still overwhelmed as a leader. And, and we find this passage, it says this. Actually, I've got to read it on the screen because I don't, I don't have it printed. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. That is impartation. Uh, uh, to take a share of. They took, God took a, a, a portion or a share that was on Moses and put it on the 70 leaders. And as you look through the scriptures, you find this time and time and time again. Deuteronomy 34, 9, it says this. It says, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on them. You see that? On him. Joshua received the spirit of wisdom. Why? Because Moses laid his hands on him. So something went, the spirit of wisdom went from Moses to Joshua. Do you see this? In the New Testament, very similarly, it says of uh, 1 Timothy 4.14, it says of Paul to Timothy. It says, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Do you see this? Impartation is to take from one person and give to another. And so there's this passing down of the spirit, passing down of the gifts. Romans 1.11, Paul writes to the Romans, he says, I wanted to come to you and impart some spiritual gift. You see that? Impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. And so I would say this. If you want to grow to be naturally supernatural, get around people that can give to you what God has put on their lives. And God has, God has done this, and we haven't really even pursued it, my wife and I, but we would find ourselves in meetings, and people would call us out in a crowd, uh, you know, a vast crowd, and they would say, you and you, stand up, and, and they began to pray for us. And it wasn't something we pursued necessarily, but I, I think getting outside of your box to go after the things of God is a good starting point, because God has more for you. The very, uh, the, the one time that I would, I just want to share with you about, uh, a few years ago, my wife and I went to Brazil, and uh, what an amazing trip it was, and uh, a man named Randy Clark laid his hands on us, and 
I shared last week about the healing, the desire to see healing increased in our area. And uh, we had seen nominal healings up to that point. But after he laid his hands on us, I'll tell you, in Brazil, there were times that everyone we prayed for was healed. That is, that's, to me, a reflection of, impart- of impartation. And tonight, actually this morning, <laughs> tonight, uh, uh, this morning, there, was, there were several people when Kelly and I were away that had asked, will you pray for us when you return? So today, at the end of the service, if anyone wants us to pray for you, uh, perhaps God wants to fill you with his spirit more or bless you. We find Jesus laying his hands on the little children and blessing them, and, and Paul imparting spiritual gifts to uh, his spiritual son, Timothy. And, and perhaps God has something for you today, but we would love to pray for you at the end of the service. And the final thing, really quick, is this. You've got to step out in faith. If you want to see God use you naturally, super, uh, naturally super, in a naturally supernatural way, you've got to be willing to step out in faith. Um, our guy, Mark Berkler, who has been teaching how to hear God vo- God's voice, shared an awesome analogy. He said, when, when Peter was in the boat and Jesus was walking on the water, Peter said to him, is that, if that's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come. Okay. Now, Peter could have stopped there and said, man, I'm a man of faith, you know. But that wasn't, that wasn't the, the execution of faith. The faith was he literally had to lift his leg and step out of the boat and put his foot on the water. And then once that foot was firm on water, he had to take that other leg and put it on water. And then he began to take steps to Jesus. You see, sometimes we don't see miracles and and things supernaturally happen in our lives because we're unwilling to take those steps of faith. I want to tell you this, and I want to give you permission to, to walk in this. It is okay to fail. It is okay to take a step Believing God and find out that that wasn't God or God didn't show up the way you expected him to. One of the problems we have is we're crippled by fear of failure in our culture. And you know what? You, you may have to pray for many people before you see your first healing. But I would say keep trying. You may have to uh, share many times, I think I heard from God. I think I heard from God before really it was from God. It is okay to fail. This is a process, okay? But listen, don't let fear cripple you and keep you uh, stuck in the boat. When when Joshua and the Israelites, they were were going into the promised land. This is the long-awaited moment for years and years and years. They had waited 40 years because of the previous generation's lack of faith and fear. But now they're about to step into the promised land. And, And they've got to cross, wouldn't you know it, this big river. It's raging because it's flood season. Right? And and so that river did not part and start uh, uh, stopping up in that previous town until they literally stepped in the river, the priests, with the Ark of the Covenant. And and so there's times that we've just got to take that step. We've got to believe God that, God, you know what? You're going to show up and keep going after it. But listen, He has called us all, all to be naturally supernatural in our everyday lives, in our workplaces, where we go, where we vacation, where we shop, that God can speak to us and God can use us in that moment's time because we'll respond obediently to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to say? 
And when we recognize that our stuff is not our stuff, and he says, give, that 20, give 20 bucks to that person, or give something away, or give, some of your, give your time to take care of this need, uh, it's not ours, it's his. He uses us naturally, supernaturally, natural. I want to see this city transformed by people, ordinary, everyday people that just say, God, you know what? I don't, I don't fully understand all this, but I want you to use me, and I present myself to you. Wouldn't that be amazing if God began to use us all in a naturally, supernatural way every day? Just, you know, the little things, the big things, the uh, amazing things. We don't need our name in the paper, right? We can love people. We can see transformation uh, in people's lives just by surrendering ourselves to God, having an intimate relationship with him, getting around people who are already doing this, getting, uh, getting whatever gifts God wants to impart through other people into our lives, and us stepping out in faith. That's the kind of people that God can use in our city to transform people's lives. I believe that many, many uh, are represented right here in this room, naturally supernatural people. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I want to close in prayer. And I also just, I, I want to reiterate, my wife and I are here to pray for those who want to receive whatever God has for them today. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise today, God. Father I, just, Father, I just ask, God, for your blessing upon your people today, God, that as they go, that they would recognize, God, that there is something great in them, that the spirit of the living God is in them. Christ is alive in them. And God, as they go, it's not themselves they're giving away. It's you. It's your spirit in them, alive in them, touching lives, caring for people, doing great things to bring transformation to people. And so, Lord, I bless them as they go, Father God. Uh, Lord, give them opportunities to step out of the boat, Lord. Give them opportunities to take risks, Lord. Uh, And I ask that you show up in powerful ways as they take those steps of faith, God. And so we love you. We give you praise right now. And we say, have your way in our lives, in our homes, and in our city, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you so much.